All right, let's get started. Well, thanks everyone for joining. I hope you guys can hear me. Good, all right, cool. Great, well, thanks for coming. Uh, hope you're having a good reInvent so far. And I realize that we're probably the only thing standing between you and beer. So hopefully this session is just as interesting as the beer out there. Uh, all right, so we're here to talk about savings plans, a new flexible pricing model that we launched uh, about a month ago, uh, just a little, a little less than a month ago. Uh, my name is Pranesh Ramalingam. I am a principal product manager on EC2, and I'm joined by my colleague here, Matt Giro. He's a senior product manager for uh, AWS cost management. So today, as I said, we're gonna spend talking about this new pricing model. Uh, by the end of the session, uh, we hope that you will be able to walk out with a good understanding of uh, savings plans, what they are, how they work, and how you can use them, and how you can manage them. Uh, over the course of the next 45 minutes, we're gonna be talking about the evolution of the pricing models on EC2. Uh, we're gonna learn about uh, savings plans and how you can purchase them and the functionality that comes with it and the billing experience that you'll have with savings plans. Then Matt here is gonna walk you through a demo of the savings plan experience. Uh, since this is a silent session, uh, we're not gonna be doing a formal Q&A, uh, but we will be hanging around here for the last 10 or 15 minutes, uh, so you can come ahead and come forward to the front of the room and we can discuss any questions that you might have. Uh, things that are not in scope for this session is, you know, the overall pricing model portfolio of AWS, so we're not gonna be getting into things like how do you think about on-demand versus RI versus spot versus savings plans, you know, that's out of the scope for this session, but we are happy to answer any questions that you might have on that front as well uh, at the end of this session. Okay, so with that said, uh, let's dive in. So let me first walk you through of our journey uh, in terms of how we got here from a pricing model perspective on EC2. So we launched EC2 back in 2006, 13 years ago. Um, when we launched EC2, we only launched with the on-demand pricing model. The on-demand pricing model works great uh, for short-term, spiky, unpredictable workloads. And when we launched EC2 with the on-demand pricing model, customers really liked it. I mean, they were able, that was the first time they were able to take advantage of the scale of the cloud. It was low cost and flexible. Um, it helped them iterate faster. It helped them experiment easily. Uh, it helped them to continuously change uh, you know, their feature set and launch new features for their customers without entering into expensive uh, uh, investments with hardware. It eliminated all the heavy lifting that came with like procuring, maintaining, and purchasing hardware, and they really liked that model. Uh, but with time, customers were telling us that they wanted a more predictable pricing model that could also save them money. And that's how we came up with the reserved instance, or the RI pricing model. So what are RIs? Uh, RIs offer significant savings, up to 72% off, when customers make a commitment to a specific instance configuration. What do I mean by an instance configuration? Let's say an M5.extra-large running Linux in US East 1A on default tenancy, that's an instance configuration. And when you make a commitment to that, uh, you buy an RI for that. And then when you run that particular configuration, you pay lower prices. Uh, show of hands here, uh, how many of you use RIs today? Right, as you can see, it's a quite popular purchasing model. It's one of the most popular purchasing models on EC2. 
And customers have saved a lot of money with RIs. And they really like the fact that they can save significant amounts of money uh, with RIs. And over time, we made a lot of changes to the RI product uh, based on customer feedback. Uh, we launched the RI marketplace seven years ago, which allows customers to sell their RIs once their needs change or they no longer have uh, the same architecture. So they can sell an RI to another buyer who might be interested in it. So we created a marketplace for that. Then a few years ago, in 2016, we launched regional RIs. These are RIs that help customers take advantage of the RIs discount or price across any AZ within a region. So it doesn't matter if you're running in US East 1A or US East 1B, uh, you'll be able to take advantage of the RIs uh, discount. Then we launched convertible RIs at the same time, which allow customers to uh, take advantage of the RIs discount, get a significant discount, but still be able to change the RI during the term of the RI itself. So if you have like an M5 extra large and you have needs change and you want to move to C5, you could do that with a convertible RI. And finally, we launched instant size flexibility on regional RIs. So what that meant was not only could you use, could you get the advantage of a regional RIs discount across AZs within a region, but you could also get it across sizes. So you could either get the RIs discount, let's say you had an M5 extra large RI uh, for US East 1, you could run an M5 dot large in US East 1A, uh, or you could run M5 dot two extra large in US East 1B, and still the RI discount would apply. So that was instant size flexibility. And our customers tell us that they really like the you know, enhancements that we've made and the improvements that we've made with RIs. But even with all of these changes, they were telling us that they wanted a simpler and even easier way to save money. And that was driven by a couple of reasons. One is just the scale at which our customers operate on us today. Uh, the scale at which our customers are using EC2 instances is unprecedented. Uh, so today we offer more than 270 instance types. So this slide is actually outdated by 48 hours because yesterday we launched a ton of more instance types. So we, we offer more than 270 instance types in over 22 regions. Uh, and customers really like that because they like the fact that we're able to provide them an instance that meets their requirements for their particular workload, for their particular use case. They really like the fact that there's constant innovation uh, that's coming out of AWS, which they can take advantage of. And when they take advantage of that, this helps them run their workload at a much better performance at a much lower price point. We're also continuously innovating by launching new compute models, right? We launched uh, ECS and EKS uh, and serverless options such as Fargate. So customers really like that. And they also really like the fact that our, uh, our instance portfolio is optimized to fit different use cases, right? So we have varying, uh, different, uh, varying degrees of CPU and memory and networking capacity and storage capacity on our instances, and you can choose from that portfolio to select the best uh, instance for your workload. But what all this meant was that, given this uh, vast selection of portfolio of instances that customers were running, while they really liked the breadth and the depth of our instance selection, and they, they really valued the fact that we provide the largest selection of compute instances in the cloud, it made it hard for them to reduce their bill and lower their spend. So managing that became difficult. The second thing that they were telling us is that they operate in very dynamic environments. I'm sure just like every one of you uh, in this room operates in a very dynamic environment where things change so rapidly, uh, which necessitates changes in architecture, which necessitates changes in uh, with the way your uh, application works. And it could be a, for a plethora of reasons. For example, maybe your business strategy has changed, uh, and therefore you want to you know, move to a different region or 
use a different instance type. Or you want to change your instance type because you want to keep uh, in sync with your growth and the demands of your business, and therefore you want to use a, uh, a larger instance or a bigger size. Or you have to move across regions because you want to be closer to your users and your load is, uh, workload is latency sensitive. And our customers are telling us that they wanted the ability to respond to these uh, changes quickly and still have the ability to reduce their bill at the same time. So we took all of this feedback and we asked ourselves, what is it that we can do here to address these concerns and requests from our customers? So we thought about it really long and hard. We went back to the drawing board and we said, what can we do here to help you? And that's how we came up with the idea for savings plans. So uh, what, is a, what are savings plans? It's a new flexible pricing model which offers up to 72% off on EC2 and Fargate in exchange for making a commitment to a consistent amount of usage that's measured in dollars per hour for a one or three year term. So how does it work? So every type of compute usage, let's say an M5.extra-large running Linux in US East 1 uh, on default tenancy, that's a compute usage. So every type of compute usage has an on-demand price and will also have a savings plan price. And by the way, these savings plan prices are published on our webpage for all these compute offerings. Um, when you make a commitment to a savings plan, let's say to $10 an hour, then every usage will be charged at the savings plan price up to the $10 an hour commitment that you've made, and any usage beyond that will be charged at the regular on-demand price. So what does this mean for you? Uh, what are the benefits? So first off, it's super easy to use. So you no longer have to make commitments to specific instance configurations. You don't have to worry about committing to a specific size or uh, a family or a region. Uh, we've abstracted all that away. Right? All that specificity has, specificity has gone with savings plans. Uh, you just commit to a dollar amount and uh, you start using. Right? So super easy to use. Secondly, offers significant savings. So just like our eyes, offers up to 72% off. And we know that our customers really like the savings that they get with our eyes. So and we are giving the same savings with savings plans as well. And finally, offers a lot more flexibility. Um, so you no longer have to worry about um, when you make changes to your architecture or when you make changes to your application, you don't have to worry about exchanges or modifications or paying through up charges. So all that goes away. Super flexible to use. So those are some of the reasons why you should use savings plans. So let's dig into this more. There's two types of savings plans available for you today. Uh, there's compute savings plans, the one on the left. That offers up to 66% off, just like convertible RIs. And these provide the most amount of flexibility. So you can move from a C5 to an M5 if your needs change and you want to move to a more general purpose instance and not you know, use a compute optimized instance. So you can do that. You can move from EU Ireland to EU London, either because, you know, uh, because, you want, because of latency reasons or because there's been some change in regulation in your industry. You can change across regions as well. Uh, you can shift from Windows to Linux. You can move from dedicated instances to default tenancy instances to dedicated hosts. You can also move from EC2 to Fargate because this also provides a savings on Fargate. And coming next year, Compute savings plans will also apply to Lambda. Uh, we're not committing to a discount at this point in time, just saying that 
you can use your compute savings plans to pay for Lambda usage at current prices. So that gives you even more flexibility now. The EC2 instance savings plan variant, the one to the right, um, this offers the most amount of savings, so 72% off. When you make a commitment to a specific family in a region, because that drives up our utilization the most, reduces our cost, and we pass that cost savings, uh, cost reduction, sorry, in the form of savings back to you. And with the EC2 instance savings plan, uh, let's say you make a commitment to M5 in Northern Virginia, then you have the flexibility to change across sizes, so you can move from an M5.xl to a 4xl, you can move from Windows to Linux on an M5.xl, or you can move from M5.xl default tenancy to dedicated tenancy to like an M5 dedicated host as well. So you get flexibility across those dimensions. Uh, in terms of payment options, savings plans are available in the same three payment options that you've come to know and like with our eyes. Uh, the no upfront payment option does not require any upfront payment, and your commitment will be charged purely on a monthly basis. The partial upfront option offers lower prices than no upfront, and you're required to pay at least half of the commitment amount upfront, and the remaining can be paid off in equal monthly charges. And finally, the all upfront option, which offers the lowest prices, um, you, know, you pay all of your commitment upfront. As far as term lengths are concerned, savings plans are available for the same term lengths as our eyes are for one and three year terms. And the three year term savings plan offering you the lowest prices in exchange for the longer commitment. So here's a chart that describes uh, how RIs compare to savings plans. It's probably interesting to a lot of you here since you're using RIs. Uh, so let me start with compute savings plans. Compute savings plans, as I said, offer up to 66% off just like convertible RIs. But there's a few key differences between compute savings plans and convertible RIs. The first, compute savings plans apply automatically as you change your usage. So you move from C5 to M5, the compute savings plans will start applying to your M5 instances. You move from uh, London to Ireland, your compute savings plans will start applying to the instances in Ireland. You don't have to take any action. You don't have to exchange them. You don't have to worry about what to exchange, when to exchange, how to exchange, how to optimize your true-up charges. All of that goes away, right? So you don't have to uh, worry about any of that. Second, compute savings plans apply across regions, something that ConvertBRIs do not provide today. And Finally, compute savings plans also apply to Fargate usage and help you save money on that, which convertible RIs do not provide. Uh, so EC2 instant savings plans, that's a column to the left of that, uh, sorry, right of compute savings plans. These offer similar savings as standard RIs, up to 72% off. Uh, but in terms of differences, while regional RIs uh, give you size flexibility, remember we spoke about size flexibility on regional RIs, which we launched a couple of years ago. Com uh, EC2 instant savings plans provide that, but also take it even further and provide flexibility across operating systems and tenancies. Uh, so both of these variants are, uh, you know, provide more flexibility than their RI counterparts. So now that you have a decent understanding of savings plans and the model and the different variants and types, let's dive into like how you can get started, what are some considerations that you should keep in mind as you purchase and work with savings plans. So we'll be going through some of that in the next few slides. So first off, how do you get started with savings plans? You can get st started with savings plans in AWS Cost Explorer. Um, so in Cost Explorer, you will be presented with savings plan recommendations. You can customize those recommendations based on your needs. So 
what type of savings plan you want, what is the payment option that you're interested in, what is the term length that you're looking to commit to. You can customize your recommendation based on that. And then you can add that recommendation to your card right from Cost Explorer, something that you did not have previously. And once you do that, your usage will start getting charged at the savings plan prices. So let's look at some other considerations now. So a lot of uh, customers operate in a multi-account environment. So where in your uh, account hierarchy can you buy uh, savings plans? So in a multi-account environment, one account is designated as the master or the payer account, and all the other accounts are what we call as linked accounts. And uh, savings plans is a flexible pricing model, which you can buy at any account level, just like how you can buy RIs at any account level. And by default, the benefit of a savings plan applies to your entire organization. You can, of course, choose to turn it off. Uh, there's a setting for that in the billing dashboard. When you, and when you turn that off, then your RI, RIs and savings plan benefits will only be restricted to the account that purchased them, or what we call as the uh, owning account. So let's say you've decided to buy your savings plans in the master or the payer account. Uh, because that helps you centralize your costs, it helps you centralize your processes and gives you visibility. But the next step is to figure out how much to commit to. Uh, this is where the savings plan recommendation engine or tool will be super helpful for you. So Matt here is gonna be showing you a demo of this in action and he'll be diving into more details on this. But at a high level, uh, the recommendation uh, that we provide in Cost Explorer is, is provided based on simulating your bill for various levels of commitment. So what we basically do is we look at, okay, how much usage you have, and we start saying, okay, we, we pick a baseline, we start simulating your bill at various levels of commitment, and make the recommendation that maximizes your dollar savings. And the recommendation engine tries to take into account variability in usage across hours and temporary spikes, so that it's making a recommendation only for the steady state portion of your usage. So if you have a usage pattern, something like this, uh, we're gonna recommend something between the peak and the baseline, um, so that we're recommending for the steady state portion. So now you've decided to buy your savings plan, you know how much to commit to, so you probably wanna understand how is it that they're applied to your usage. So let's walk through how your savings plans, and actually maybe take a step back and also look at how your RIs and savings plans apply to your usage. So whenever we apply either an RI or a savings plan, we always apply it first to the account that purchased it, or the owning account. This is what we call as account affinity. So in terms of application, what our billing engine does is it will apply the zonal RIs first. By the way, zonal RIs are RIs that offer you both a capacity reservation and a discount. Regional RIs offer you more flexibility in terms of how the savings apply. So first we apply your zonal RIs you know, to the account that owns it and to all the other accounts. Then we apply our regional RIs, same order with the, taking account affinity into account, into consideration. Then we apply EC2 instance savings plans. So when we apply savings plans, what we do is we actually apply it from the highest discount percentage to the lowest discount percentage. So what do I mean by that? Uh, let's say, you know, since we're talking about EC2 instance savings plan, let's say you buy an EC2 instance savings plans for M5 in Northern Virginia. Uh, and the M5.XL, and you're running M5.XL on Linux and you're running M5.XL on Windows. Let's say the M5.XL running on Linux offers you a 50% savings and the M5.XL running on Windows offers you 40% savings. 
Then the EC2 instance savings plan will first apply to the Linux instance because it offers you a higher discount percentage, followed by the Windows because it offers you a lower discount percentage. Once we've applied all your EC2 instance savings plans, then we go to the next one, which is compute savings plan. And finally, anything that's left over is gonna be charged at the on-demand price. So now that you know you kind of understand how your savings plans are billed or applied to your usage, let's turn our focus to the billing artifacts. Uh, so here's a, I'm gonna be walking through some small snippets of the bill and the cost and usage reports. So I'll get to that in just a second. So savings plans, uh, this is a sample bill. Uh, so it will show up on your bill as its own section. It's called savings plan for AWS compute usage. And in that, we've kind of broken it down by uh, savings plans that apply to any region, which are basically compute savings plans, right? Because they're not region specific. And then you'll see EC2 instant savings plans that you've purchased for every region. So in this particular case, I have these compute savings plans that I've bought, which show up under any region or region marked as any. And then my EC2 instant savings plans, here I have these I3 EC2 instant savings plans and G3 EC2 instant savings plans in Northern Virginia, and they show up in that section. Uh, now I'm gonna dig into you know, how savings plans shows up in the curve. So I know this is super important to a lot of you folks uh, who are practitioners and trying to understand how your costs are calculated and doing chargebacks and uh, doing internal reporting and dashboards, so that's why I wanted to make sure I cover this. So for those of you that are not familiar with the curve though, so the cost and usage report uh, tracks your AWS usage and provides estimated charges associated with, an with your AWS account provides a lot of detail and granularity, uh, either on an hourly basis or daily basis on everything that you're using and your costs associated with that usage. Uh, so I'm gonna walk through four important line items for savings plans, um, and I'm gonna be referencing a few columns. I've left out a bunch of columns that we've introduced for savings plans in the curve for better readability. So let's first talk about the savings plan upfront fee. Uh, so as you can see on the screen here, uh, so the savings plan upfront fee line item gets added to your CUR when you buy any savings plan that has an upfront amount associated with it. So it's either a partial upfront savings plan or an all upfront savings plan. So in this particular case, as you can see here, uh, I, I've got the savings plan upfront fee for the two compute savings plans that I purchased and the upfront amount that I've paid is $50 and $100 that you can see in the second to last column from the right. Next, let's talk about the savings plan recurring fee. Uh, so the recurring fee line item is basically something that gets added to the CUR uh, when you buy any savings plan that has a monthly charges associated with it. So any partial upfront or no upfront savings plans when you buy them uh, will start uh, showing you the recurring fee. So one of the changes that we've done, we've done a few different changes actually for savings plans in the CUR based on customer feedback on what they wanted to, see, what the challenges that they were facing with RIs. So with RIs, this recurring fee shows up on the first of the month as one lumpy charge. So you see a big spike on the first of your month for that monthly charge. So what some customers were telling us was that that was making it hard for them to look at their amortized costs. So what we've actually done here is that we've modified that, and this recurring fee gets added for every hour or day, depending on whether you're looking at the hourly curve or the daily curve, at that time of purchase, for all the hours or days of that month. So instead of having one lumpy charge at the first of the month, this gets smoothened out and evened out, and you can see how it kind of uh, ramps down over time. Now I'm gonna talk about two uh, other line items, and these are helpful to help you understand 
how much of which usage got covered by savings plans and how much of your on-demand spend was covered by savings plans. So we know that, you know, talking to a lot of you, that understanding your savings and costs across accounts is super important because it's very important for you to carry out chargebacks, to understand the cost of specific projects, or to accurately calculate P&Ls across different business units, or to create the right behavior and incentives for your organization. Uh, so which is why it's important for you to understand you know, the savings and the costs associated with each of your accounts and uh, projects. So we made this process of calculating this and extracting this easy in the, same, in the case of savings plans based on the feedback that we received for our eyes. So here's what we used to do for our eyes, or we still do for our eyes, rather. Uh, when you get an RI, and if that RI applies to a usage, what we do is that we, uh, we charge that usage at $0, because we say that, hey, your RI applied to that usage, therefore that usage is charged at $0 price. You're not paying anything for it. But what this does is this makes it hard for customers to understand, hey, what would my usage have been charged at if I didn't have that RI, i.e., or rather, what would my savings have looked like if I didn't, uh, or what would my cost have looked like if I didn't have my RI, right? Uh, so this became hard for them to calculate, and as a result, you know, doing chargebacks in, custom, in a custom manner or based on your internal tools and processes became hard. So we took this feedback, and for savings plan, what we've done is that all your usage will first be charged at the on-demand prices. Then we'll, uh, we'll, have, we'll wipe out the on-demand charges for the usage that got covered by savings plan. So this makes it super easy for you to understand what your savings are, and then you can then go and allocate that across your different business units in any way you deem fit based on whatever internal chargeback processes and logic that you have. So the two line items that can help you do this are the savings plan covered usage, which basically describes the usage that received the savings plan benefit, and the savings plan negation line item. This is the line item that offsets the uh, on-demand cost of uh, the usage that got covered by savings plan. So let's see a quick example of that. So in this example, I have some compute savings plans, uh, or a compute savings plan, and I'm running T3.nano instances. So the first three lines that you see here, savings plan covered usage, uh, those lines describe uh, the, the, the usage that got covered by my savings plans. And uh, the last line that you see here, that's the savings plan negation line item that basically wipes out the on-demand charges for the first three line items. So it's super easy for you to take those savings and then go allocate them across your VUs as you uh, deem fit. All right. So now with savings plans, what does this mean for RIs? So we're not taking RIs away. So RIs will continue to be available. You can continue to purchase RIs based on if you have uh, internal tooling and processes and dashboards that you've built that require you to purchase RIs. Your existing RIs will work as is. Uh, we've designed savings plans in a way such that uh, savings plans can work in conjunction with RIs, as we saw our earlier, how we apply both those products uh, to your usage. So you, both of them can work well together to reduce your overall bill. But we think that many customers in the fullness of time will just use savings plans for its flexibility and simplicity. As you've probably realized uh, you know, over the last 30 minutes or so, uh, savings plans uh, give you a lot of flexibility in terms of how you can reduce your spend and get savings on your usage. But for your capacity needs, you can allocate on-demand capacity reservation, or ODCR as we call them. Um, so 
what, what is an ODCR for those of you that aren't familiar? So an on-demand capacity reservation uh, is a product that we launched about a year ago where you can get capacity reserved for you without entering into long-term commitments. And you can release the capacity whenever you want, and you can allocate it whenever you want. And once it gets allocated, we reserve capacity for you. So you have the ability to manage your capacity independent of managing your savings and discounts. And on-demand capacity reservation can also be shared across accounts, so you can centralize your capacity uh, management and planning with it. So savings plans work well with on-demand capacity reservation. So if you, wanna, uh, if you allocate an on-demand capacity reservation and if you have active savings plans, these savings plans can apply to ODCRs and can help you reduce your bill and spend on ODCR, just like how they can help you reduce your bill and spend on instance usage. So with that, uh, I'm going to turn it over to Matt, who's going to walk you through a demo of the purchasing and uh, management experience of savings plans in AWS Cost Explorer. Matt? Sounds great. Thanks, Pranesh. So as Pranesh mentioned, I'm part of the AWS Cost Management team. That's so we're the team that's uh, responsible for the native AWS Cost Management products, such as Cost Explorer. And so now with Cost Explorer and with the release of savings plans, you've got an uh, essentially a one-stop shop for all the you know, needs you may have around understanding uh, your opportunities for savings with savings plans, as well as the tools available to report on, purchase, and receive recommendations for those savings plans. Um, so this is the Cost Explorer homepage. Uh, hopefully it looks familiar to everyone. Um, but you'll notice that we've made some changes to the left-hand nav to uh, accommodate savings plans, that now that we've added savings plans to Cost Explorer. Um, so one of the questions we get quite a bit from talking to customers early on in this, uh, you know, kind of in the adoption of savings plans is how much should I commit to? And so we provide that recommendation uh, through Cost Explorer in the recommendations option in the left-hand nav. So I'm gonna jump right in there and we'll walk through the recommendations that are available and then we'll jump into exactly how those are calculated. So the recommendations page offers um, Customize recommendations based on your usage over the last 7, 30, or 60 days. These recommendations are at the payer account level uh, for your entire consolidated billing family. And you can customize these recommendations based on the type of commitment you want to make. Whether you want to commit to compute versus EC2 instance savings plans, whether you want to commit to a one or a three-year term, and whether you want to commit and pay for that commitment with an all upfront, a partial upfront, or a no upfront payment option. Uh, so in this case, uh, based on this configuration and based on the last 30 days of the usage in my account, uh, I get this recommendation. And you're gonna wanna pick a time frame that you feel is most indicative of your usage going forward because that's what we base the recommendation off. So if you've got you know, some kind of seasonality impact or weekly trends that you wanna capture over a longer period, then you can select that 60-day option. If you've made some recent changes to your account, so only that kind of recent piece of usage is, uh, is representative of, of what your account will look like going forward, then maybe you wanna pick that seven day option, but we provide that flexibility here. Uh, so as we take a look at this, uh, my recommendation based on the usage over the last 30 days is to purchase a compute savings plan at a commitment of $57.20. You see that here. And so looking at my costs, uh, the essentially the, the three kind of big things you wanna pay attention to on this page, essentially, um, what my costs would have been if I make no additional commitment. So we're looking at about just over $60,000 in spend, an on-demand savings plan eligible spend, okay? And so after that commitment, based on that usage, my spend would essentially be 
uh, just under $42,000, this 41,786. And you notice that next to that 41,000, you'll see that's an average of 57.24 an hour. And the reason that's different than the 57.20 is we don't try to cover every little piece of your usage. What we do is we maximize for savings, okay? And so there is some hour-to-hour -hour variability that doesn't make sense to always cover with a savings plan. And so sometimes like, there will be a portion of your usage we'll recommend to leave on demand because it's inconsistent and it doesn't make sense to commit to a level uh, to cover it because that would go unused a large portion of the time. Um, that commitment based on this usage, assuming that usage is consistent going forward, would save me a little over $18,000 a month. So some really great savings opportunities here through savings plan and these recommendations are done for you. Um, so let's take a look at uh, how those recommendations are actually calculated. So this is a brief overview of how we calculate your recommendations. So the first thing we do is we establish a baseline. Okay, we look at your on-demand usage and your savings plan covered usage over the last 7, 30, or 60 days on an hour-by-hour -hour basis, okay? So we take out the RI covered usage because your RIs apply before your savings plans. and We don't wanna generate a recommendation based on your usage that's already covered by RIs. So we take that out and we also take out your spot usage. So we only generate these recommendations based on your on-demand and savings plan covered usage. Um, and then we look at the savings plans that you own essentially right now at the time of recommendation generation. And what that does is that allows us to establish a baseline of if you keep that usage consistent going forward, what will your costs be expected to be with no additional commitment? And that gives us something to compare to as we look at different commitment scenarios. And so that allows us to take into account recently purchased savings plans as well as recently expired savings plans because we're looking at what you own at the time of recommendation generation. Um, as we compute these recommendations, we assume uh, sharing across the entire consolidated billing family. Uh, and so we take that baseline and we add a little bit of incremental savings plan commitment. And then we recompute what the bill would have been. And if that goes down, we continue the process. And we essentially loop through a variety of different commitment scenarios until we reach the point that we believe it's the lowest uh, possible bill for you during this time period. And we provide that as a recommendation. So we compute your bill a number of different times at various scenarios and provide the recommendation that we believe will save you the most. Um, we take into account the same application order that AWS Billing does uh, in terms of the account affinity of the plans that exist in your account. Uh, so that means the account that owns them will get that benefit first. And we also take into account the application order that Pranesh mentioned earlier. So that deepest discount gets the savings plan benefit first. Um, so let's, uh, let's make this real, because when you think about these commitments and these recommendations, you wanna think about them at that discounted level, because you're getting charged at the savings plan rate for your usage against your commitment up to your commitment level. Okay, so when you make a commitment and you think about your commitment, you wanna think about that, sa that lower savings plan price, not what your on-demand costs were prior to making a savings plan purchase. So if you take an example of just running a single instance 24-7 uh, and the hourly on-demand rate for that instance is a dollar, uh, the savings plan rate for the configuration that you might wanna purchase, let's just say that's 50 cents, okay? 
If I wanted to lower my bill for that configuration, I would commit to a 50 cent savings plan uh, that's eligible for that usage, okay? And that's the same thing that recommendations would tell me as well. It would go through those various commitment scenarios and arrive at 50 cents because that covers the usage that I have in that account um, and reduces my costs as much as possible. And so let's take a look at maybe a situation that's a little more complex. Okay, so maybe this is like a little more realistic. So what we're looking at is the last 30 days of hourly usage um, that's savings plan eligible. So both your on-demand, or in this case, you know, on-demand usage, uh, because in this uh, situation, I don't own any savings plans at this time. Um, you can see there's some hour-to-hour -hour variation. Some spikes, some transient workloads, maybe I spun up a few things to do a little testing, turn them off a little later, and then you can see over this 30-day period, I turn off my workloads on the weekend because I want to reduce costs that way as well. Um, and so when I look at this usage, you know, it, uh, I want to know what my commitment should be. Okay? And so as I mentioned earlier, we compute your bill for various commitment scenarios for this usage. And uh, when you have some variability like this, uh, we don't target coverage and we don't target utilization, we target savings. Okay? And so some of these hour-to-hour -hour spikes, you'll see it doesn't make sense to ratchet up a commitment level to the point that it would completely cover them because that commitment level could go unused. Just like it's okay that sometimes your commitment goes unused, like maybe during these weekends, uh, because if that offers a significant enough savings during the week, then you're better off with that commitment. So when you think about optimizing your costs through savings plan, um, Things like savings plan utilization and savings plan coverage, which I'll jump into uh, in Cost Explorer in just a minute. Uh, important things to keep in mind, but don't anchor to that 100% number. So let's look at what this recommendation would actually look like. So based on the savings that's available uh, on this usage that I'm running, uh, I would be recommended to make a commitment of approximately $60 an hour here. Uh, my costs were previously around $100 an hour, uh, on the, you know, kind of during the week, and then on the weekends that dropped down to maybe around $80 an hour with some hour-to-hour -hour variation. Uh, in this case, I want to make a commitment to $60 an hour, and then because of that discount, it covers the majority of my usage, and you can see some of those spikes, those um, transient workloads or short-term increases in my hourly cost uh, are left on demand, and that's what that orange line represents here. So sometimes it, it makes sense in these transient situations to leave a portion of that, that cost on demand as you think about optimizing your costs. Um, so now that we've covered you know, kind of how these recommendations work and how we generate them and what we target as we optimize for savings, uh, let's take a look back at some of the other tools that are available through Cost Explorer to help you understand and report on the savings plans that you do own. So now we're back in Cost Explorer, and I've got this recommendation, and now I've got a good understanding of where that came from. Um, previously, when you looked at uh, purchasing RIs, you could get your recommendations through Cost Explorer, and then you'd have to go to the various regional consoles to actually execute an RI purchase. Now, Savings Plans has a unified purchasing experience directly in Cost Explorer. So I can add this recommended savings plan directly to my cart, uh, 
uh, and I understand the payment option I've selected, the term I'm looking at, the commitment, and the savings that comes with it. So I'm going to add this to my cart, and you notice in the lower left, we've populated a cart modal that has the cart and what my commitment uh, over the next year uh, totals to. So as I mentioned, recommendations are available at the payer account level, but you can purchase a savings plan at both the payer level and at the linked account level. So if you wanna purchase a savings plan that's different from the recommended amount, maybe you know exactly what budget you have available to make an upfront commitment, or maybe you know some of your workloads are gonna change in the future, and so you don't wanna to totally commit to what the recommended value is, you can define your own commitment here through the purchase savings plan option, okay? So here you can select whether you want to commit to a compute savings plan or an EC2 instance savings plan. You can commit to a one or a three year term. And let's say we picked an EC2 instance savings plan. You can select the region and the instance family that you want to commit to. Um, so let's take an example here. Oh. Let's say I want to commit to some C5s in Ohio. Okay. Here I can define my hourly commitment um, and that can go down to the tenth of a cent granularity to give you total flexibility around the commitments that you want to make. Um, but let's say I want to commit to $10 an hour. Okay, so I know what my upfront cost would be if I want to commit to this as an upfront option. But I can also define my own commitment between 50% and 99% of the total asset value if I want to select a partial upfront option. So maybe you've got some budget that you need to use up before the end of a quarter or something like that, you have that option to define your own commitment here, or I can select a no upfront option as well if I wanna pay as I go. Uh, from there, I can add it to my cart as well, um, and you see I have these options here. So I can, I can take those out of my cart as well, and now let's say I purchase those savings plans, and I wanna understand how those savings plans apply to my usage. Cost Explorer offers two reports to help you understand. We offer the savings plan utilization report and the savings plan coverage report. We're gonna jump into the utilization report first. You can select whatever time frame you wanna look at. So I'm gonna look at the month of October. And you can see my savings plan utilization uh, you know, was around 95%, goes up to 100% near the tail end of the month, okay? And so savings plan utilization, you can think of of the dollars that you've committed to savings plans, how many of those dollars essentially apply to your usage, okay? So that's what defines your savings plan utilization. So how effective is that commitment applying to your usage, okay? And so we also show you on a plan, a savings plan by savings plan basis, uh, exactly what the utilization of your various plans that you own during this time period was, uh, and the associated commitment during this time period, and how much of that was actually used. Uh, and the savings that you uh, were able to capture through those savings plans. Uh, in addition to the savings plan utilization report, Cost Explorer also offers the savings plan coverage report. And uh, in addition to utilization, the coverage is an important way to think about how your savings plans apply. And so you can think of coverage of, of the savings plan eligible usage that you have, how much of it was actually covered by a savings plan. And so this is above and beyond what your RIs applied to. So your savings plan eligible usage is your savings plan covered usage and your on-demand usage. Okay, so in this case, you can see that uh, I was ratcheting up my savings plan commitment here and covering more and more of my usage. 
Okay, so during this time period, yeah, I, I made some savings plan investments. Um, and so my average coverage over this October time period uh, was 54%. Um, and I had a total of uh, just over $28,000 that was not covered during this time period. You also see the middle value, which surfaces uh, my potential monthly savings uh, versus on demand based on this usage. And so I can access my recommendations there as well. Uh, and so based on that coverage, we also provide um, a grouping of your service, your instance family, and your region. So you can see uh, you know, how your instance configurations in different regions or different services, uh, in the case of uh, AWS Fargate, uh, if you want to see how your savings plans are applying to some of these different uh, SKUs. So you provide that, or that information is provided here below the coverage report. The one other thing I want to make sure we touch on is the savings plan inventory page, which provides you an overview of all the plans you own in your account. And there's also a view where you can see all of the plans owned in your entire consolidated billing family if you're accessing this page from your payer account. Um, so let's click in there. And so on a plan-by-plan -plan basis, you can see what your commitment is and the configuration of the commitments and the start and end dates that I have uh, chosen for these. So some of these, I'm gonna, I'm gonna click in here you can see a little more of the, essentially the metadata around uh, this savings plan. So I can see my utilization uh, month to date, my commitment, my start, and my end dates. Um, the region, in this case, it's a compute plan, so there's no region. Uh, and I can view a utilization report directly from here uh, that tells me exactly how this plan was utilized over a selected time frame. I can also download my savings plan rates from here because when you make a commitment to a savings plan, you lock in the rates associated with every piece of eligible usage here, and so you can access that information here through the savings plan inventory report. So hopefully that gives you a, a pretty good idea of some of the resources that are available to help you understand what opportunities are available through savings plan, and when you are ready to make those commitments, execute your purchases and report on the savings and how those savings plans are applying to your usage. Uh, from here, I'm gonna turn it back over to Pranesh. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. All right. Uh, so hopefully that gave you a decent understanding of uh, savings plans and you know, uh, the, how they work and the experience through Cost Explorer. So to recap what we've uh, discussed so far. So savings plans is a uh, new pricing model that provides low prices just like EC2RIs in exchange for making a commitment to a consistent amount of usage measured in dollars per hour for a one or three year term. Uh, there's two types of savings plans. There's compute savings plans that uh, apply across any EC2 instance usage across regions and also apply to EC2, uh, also apply to AWS Fargate. And you can save up to 66% just like convertible RIs. EC2 instance savings plans offer you the lowest price uh, when you make a commitment to a specific instance family in a region and offer you flexibility across size, OS, or tenancy. Uh, as of today, savings plans are available in all re AWS regions outside of China and the Asia-Pacific Osaka region. They're also available in the AWS GovCloud region. And there's a really simple uh, purchasing experience for you to get started uh, via AWS Cost Explorer, and you can start using savings plans with that. Uh, so hopefully you found this session useful and you've learned how to save money. You can spend that money in the slot machines outside here in Vegas. Uh, these are our email addresses. 
Uh, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. And remember to uh, fill out the session survey in the mobile app. We'll be hanging around here for the next few minutes if you have any questions. And thank you and hope you enjoy the rest of reInvent.